Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Jay. I'm joined by Sharon and Stuart today. We want to begin our time together by inviting you to join us in a prayer. We're all coming from different places, bringing different circumstances and perspectives to this time together. God is unique in his ability to meet us in any of those places. You may be in a mountaintop experience. You may be in a valley experience. I trust that God is able to meet you wherever you are. The prayer is that God would evoke a sense of wonder in us, even in our time together today. Whether you know this song or not, will you join us in the prayer of this song? Let this place be an upper room where your people learn to wait. Let this house become holy ground where your children watch and pray. Oh, remind us today we are people of your presence. Let there be Let there be wonder in this 
Hi everyone, welcome to New City Online. We're so glad that you're able to join us for this service. So whether or not you're, you're watching this still, still while you're in your pajamas, or whether you're fully dressed, both are okay. Maybe you're outside on your patio watching this, or maybe you as a family are around your dining room table, and maybe somebody's even taking a bite to eat right now during this sentence. No matter what the scenario, we just wanna say we're so happy that we're able to gather together as, as God's people, to worship the Lord today all across Charlotte, our country, um, and our world. And we just want you to want to say that we're so thankful for you. We long to see you in person. Uh, we miss you, but we are thankful uh, for this day that God has created. Um, and we hope that this service is an encouragement to you, uh, continues to pull you closer in your walk with the Lord. Um, and if you're watching, we want to know that you're watching, that you're joining in with us. If this is your first time um, watching uh, one of our services online, we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to know that. And so we've created a, a way for you to, to, to just let us know. And so you can go to newcity.us connect. It's an easy form. You, you, you fill it out and we'll be sure to follow up with you quick. And for all of you, please know, we want to know how you're doing. We want to know how to pray for you. And so if you need anything, you can reach out to us directly by emailing pastor at newcity.us. Great. Thanks, Nick. And New City, let me add my welcome. It's great to be with you online today. And, uh, you know, we talk about worship, and it's so great to come together in our homes to worship during this time. And we also are so excited about community. We think community is part of our DNA from God, and so therefore community is part of the DNA at New City, and that means groups are really important. I've been so encouraged to see all the pictures on social media, hear some stories about how groups are continuing to meet throughout our city, throughout homes, through technology, through phone calls, through text, where you're still studying the Word of God together, you're supporting each other, you're praying for each other. So great job, New City. Keep it up. Keep connecting in community. And if you need help with that, if you're a group leader or part of a group and you're struggling to go, how do we connect during this season? We want to help you. And you can, again, email pastor at newcity.us. Let us know, and we'll have somebody follow up with you and give you some tips or some training on how to continue to connect during this time. And if you're part of New City and you want to be part of a group, which we want everybody to be, and you haven't yet taken that step, we would love to help you with that. Get you in an online group or a community group. Again, email us at pastor at newcity.us and we will follow up and get you connected. Yeah, that's right. 
And in this season, New City, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear stories of God at work in you, uh, stories of God at work in your family or in your neighborhood, or stories of, thing, of, of cool acts of kindness you've seen throughout this season. Um, one cool story that, that, that we've gotten to hear um, happened just a couple weeks ago, where a couple weeks ago during one of our Easter services, a nine-year-old third-grade boy named Hayden gave his life to Jesus for the first time. And, and as his mom was sharing with us, you know, it was during one of our services where he was listening to the sermon online. And during the sermon, God just impressed on him how much Jesus loved him to, to the extent that, that Jesus would go to the cross for him. And during the sermon, when Chris asked if anyone would like to give their, their heart to Jesus to pray this prayer, it was right then, and I'll quote Hayden's words, where he, he prayed the prayer and asked Jesus to come into his heart, which is awesome, which those are the types of stories that are so cool. Um, and, and we want to hear more of those. And we know that Hayden's story just reminds us of God at work around us right now throughout our city and world. Um, and we know that God is impacting people through himself, through others, through our church. And so if you have a story of God working in you or around you, we want to know about it. And so you can email those stories, again, at this email that hopefully you have memorized by now, pastor at newcity.us. That's right, Nick. And it's really uh, an outpouring of generosity that we continue to see here at New City. We see generosity in the way you're serving, serving in your family, serving in the community. It, it's been amazing to see every time we put opportunities to serve out, they fill up immediately. So thank you for generosity of your time and your resources. And family, I'm just thankful for the generosity from a financial perspective as well. We've been just blown away by the financial commitment you've made to the New City Ministry. So thank you. We realize there's so many people in a financial hardship right now at New City, and we totally understand that and, and want to walk with you through those times as well. And there's others who, you know, it might not be the same hardship financially, and you've continued to contribute, and we thank you for that as well. But we also know this is all from God, and we want to continue to move forward, and we're grateful for your generosity. And we want to pause now, as we've done through all our services, and just pray for God's generosity Pray for the finances. Pray for the offering. If you haven't been able to give online yet, we'd love to help you with that as well. So just let us know and we can get that set up for you. But we want to continue in prayer right now as we go back to worship. Father God, we're so thankful, uh, even at a time like this, to see you move in our church and in our city the way people are praying for each other, serving each other, checking on each other. We're grateful and we're thankful for your grace and mercy. We're thankful for the resources you continue to pour out on New City so we can bring gospel renewal to our city and our world. In your name we pray. Amen. I see. 
Father God, that is our prayer that you would open our eyes and our hearts to see you, to recognize you, even in the difficult places. Be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, welcome to New City Online. We're so grateful to have each of you gathered with us today. I wanted to let you know about one thing before we jump into the message. Uh, we started something called New City Devos, just some, some daily times of scripture reading and prayer. And we want you to engage in that um, just every single day. If you're like me, when I get to the afternoon, I need to be reminded of God's truth. I need to pray. I need to, to hear the voice of, of truth. And so um, some, several of our staff members and leadership are recording those every single day. And they're released on our social media platform. So if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, um, want to uh, just encourage you to, to check those out every single afternoon. We post them again, New City Devos, lots of our staff and leadership just sharing some scriptures. It, it's no more than just a couple of minutes, but just a time for us as a church to, to center our hearts every single day, Monday through Friday during the work week around what we believe and be reminded of truth and, and pray together. So check out New City Devos uh, this week, again, on all of our social media platforms. And, and if you don't follow us on social media, just an encouragement to do so as a way to continue to connect with us. We started a series last week entitled, Why Trust the Bible? Why Trust the Bible? And for many of you, I know that this is a time where, where maybe you're just, just thinking about some reasons that you should consider trusting the Bible. So I talked about how whether you're just considering trusting the Bible or whether you want to just continue trusting the Bible and be equipped, I think this series really speaks to both of them. And that's my, my heartbeat is that we would talk about some reasons why we should trust the Bible and, and maybe just some reasons that you would give to, con, to consider doing so. But, but for many of you who really do come to the Bible as God's word to you, his truth, that you would continue to do so and just be equipped and encouraged in that. So no matter where you're at, um, that's our series, Why Trust the Bible. And I do pray, my, my heart is that it would give you reasons to consider trusting the Bible and continue trusting the Bible. And we started last week with our reasons to trust the, to trust the Bible by looking at its history. And we talked about the threefold test. Do you remember that? The threefold test that every historical document is is judged by the quantity and quality test, the external test, things outside of, out of the, the, the text itself, and then what it says about itself, the internal test. So I wanna encourage you to, to go back and listen to it if you missed it. And we've also provided some additional resources, some of the source material that I'm using for this series, if you wanna dig further into that. And then every single week we produce sermon questions that you can study individually or with your family or with your group to go further with the sermon. So we encourage you to do that. So reason number one, why trust the Bible, we talked about its history. And we're going to continue the series today by looking at reason number two. Reason number two is its uniqueness. It's uniqueness. The Bible is unique from every other work. And I want to talk about some of the specific reasons why the Bible is so unique, uh, you know, in light of every single other document and work that's been produced, because it is. And I want to start with Second um, Peter chapter 1. So if you have a copy of the Bible, I want to encourage you to, to open it with me. If you're following along on the New City app, it's already preloaded there with the sermon outline, so you can follow there. But turn your Bibles open to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look specifically at verses 16 through 21. Again, under the, this reason number two, uh, why trust the Bible, its uniqueness. Listen to these unique words the Apostle Peter writes about the Scriptures. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when we received honor and glory from God the Father, 
and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice, voice born from heaven for we were with him on the holy mountain. Peter's referring back to the Mount of Transfiguration and Peter, James, and John hearing the voice of the father to Jesus himself. And then he says these words, again, very unique. Listen, listen to these words, uh, continuing in verse 19. And we have the prophetic word. He's talking about the Hebrew Testament. We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you would do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns. This is a, a dark time and a season for many of us. And the word of God is a lamp to us. Uh, it's a lamp to our feet. Peter references this. And, and it's a morning star. Uh, the morning star is going to rise in your hearts. The, the book of Revelation describes the second coming of Jesus as the rising of the morning star. So, so Peter is referencing that. Uh, continuing in verse 20, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Hmm. And then these unique words, verse 21, for no prophecy, no scripture, was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What, what, what is Peter saying here that's, that's so unique from, from every other work? He, he, he's saying that the authority of the scripture, if you will, why trust the Bible, comes from its author. And the author of the Bible are not the 40 different authors that scribed it. It's, it's the Holy Spirit himself. That's what Peter is saying, that the authority of the scripture comes from its author. All of these people who put together the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation were, I love this, this phrase, right? Were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Second Peter 1 verse 21 they were carried along. They were guided in the authorship of the scripture. And again, just, just by way of an overview of what is the Bible, when we're talking about the Bible, what's the scope of the Bible? The Bible is 66 books from Genesis to Revelation. There are 39 in the Hebrew or Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. There are 40 uh, different authors that help to comprise the scriptures. But we learned here from Peter's words that he was one of them. And he's saying, I, I, I didn't do this. It was the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We were all carried along as God spoke his word into our hearts and we scribed it. We talked about last week again with the history that makes the Bible so unique that it was written over 15 different centuries on three different continents and in three different languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, not just any Greek, Koine Greek, common Greek, so the common person could understand it. And yet it has one concise, simple message. It's a loving God who desires to be in a loving relationship with people, with all people, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. God desires to be in, in a loving, lasting relationship with each and every man, woman, and child on the planet. And that's the, the simple message of the Bible. It's a love letter from God to you who desires to be in a loving and a, rela a lasting relationship with you. And it's a revela revelation of his heart to your heart, just like a love letter is. It's God pouring out his heart through different stories in different times in different places, but one message, I love you and I desire to be in a right relationship with you.
We, we know now that that right relationship comes through Jesus Christ, God's very son who came to walk among us, God himself who took upon our sin, our death, and, 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 and proclaimed and accomplished victory for us through the, the message and the event of the resurrection, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that, that Christianity is not six steps to a better you or a behavior modification program. Some people try to turn it into that. It's not. It's I once was lost and now I'm fine, found. I was blind, but now I see. It's not old and, and becoming improved. It's old and now new, new life in Christ. That's the message of the Bible. And the authority of that message comes from the author himself, God himself, the Holy Spirit, carrying these people along as they scribed his love letter to each and every one of us. But what else? There's more. What else? What makes the Bible so unique? As we talk about and wrestle with this question, why should we trust the words of the Bible, the message of the Bible? Not only because of its history, but also its uniqueness. And, and what makes it unique beyond the authorship of the Bible? What makes it unique? Well, let me talk about a couple of things. And if you have a, a pen and piece of paper, I wanna encourage you to write them out. If you're following along in the app, you can follow along there and fill in the blanks. The first reason I want you to consider or to continue entrusting the Bible is because of its production. What makes it so unique? The way the Bible has been produced. Did you, did you know that the Bible was, was painstakingly copied by scribes all throughout the centuries? And before the, the advent of the printing press, there were thousands of copies of the Bible or partial copies of the Bible that had been uh, written out by different scribes and preserved incredible. There's just the production of the Bible itself. But along came the printing press, Gutenberg's press, and the Bible was the first full book that was printed on a printing press and mass produced. And now hundreds of copies were spread around. Indeed, thousands of copies of the Bible, the Word of God in the hands of people, and this changed everything. In fact, part of the reason for the Reformation in the 16th century was the Word of God getting into people's hands. They could begin to, to read it and understand it for themselves. In fact, one of the mantras of the reformers was sola scriptura, meaning scripture alone, coming back to the truth of the Bible. And this all had to do with the way that it was produced, the way that it uh, got out into people's hands. It, uh, it used to be an oral tradition primarily that was passed along, but now the word of God is being produced and it's being masked produced. In fact, in fact, this is amazing. Let me show you. I got charts, guys. I got more charts. Let me show you this chart about the production, this first thing that makes the Bible so unique from every other document, the way it's been produced. Look at the scope of the production of the Bible. There are literally billions of copies of the Bible. Now, now, now some books, you know, if, if they're really popular, you might print a million copies. We have several authors uh, in our New City family. I mean, if it was a really popular book, you, you might have a million copies. Very rare, but, but some uh, books might get a million uh, printed, printed copies. If it, if it was really popular, you might have 10 million copies that were printed. And there, there are books out there. The Bible has been produced and mass produced, printed over and over and over again, billions of times, billions of copies of 
the Bible. And it's part of the unique part of its, of, of, of its production and, and the way that it's, it's getting out into people's hands to be able to put in their hearts and read for themselves. Let's talk a little bit about, again, under this, this banner of production and the uniqueness of the Bible, the translations of the Bible, and, and meaning the way it's been translated into so, different, so many different languages. Again, if you wrote a book, it, it, you know, if it was a bestseller, it might get a million prints. The Bible has billions with a B uh, copies, the, the, the ways that, that it's been produced. But also languages. Oftentimes a popular book might be translated into two languages, its primary language, but then a second one, or, and maybe a third one or fourth one. The Bible, this is incredible, guys. The Bible has been produced in 698 different languages. Fully produced, Genesis to Revelation, every word of the scriptures, fully produced in 698 different languages. Uh, when I was researching this, I'm like, are there 698 different active languages? Actually, there's over 7,000 active languages. And one of the interesting statistics, even for today, is that one in five people do not have the Bible, the Word of God, in their primary language. And so, so many amazing groups and people are translating the Bible even today into more and more languages. So partial copies of the scriptures, namely the New Testament, have been translated into over 1,500 different languages. But there is a... um, a consolidated work that's being done through incredible translators right now, the American Bible Society, Wycliffe, Biblica, so many different uh, folks who have come together, different organizations for the purpose of making sure that the living word of God is in every single living language. And here's, here's the just exciting, incredible thing, something we can pray for together as a church family. It's possible within our lifetime that we could see the living word of God translated into every living language on the planet, 7,000 plus languages by the year 2033. Um, being in a digital age, it's, it's sped along the translation and the production of the Bible in different languages. And so those 20% of people right now that don't have it in their active primary uh, language could have it by the year 2033. Uh, in our lifetime, we could see the living word of God translated and produced in every single living language. And that is so exciting. Just, just to juxtapose this, by the way, for the average American household, the average American household has nine printed copies of the Bible in their home. Not, not, not to mention the digital copies now, nine printed copies of the Bible in their home. That's how much the Bible has been produced. And by the way, you know, there are different uh, people groups, obviously, around the world that, that struggle with, a, with a, a, a biblical scarcity because they don't have the Bible in their, their language. That's not us, right? We don't, we, don't, we don't have biblical poverty uh, in, in, in our country. We might have some biblical uh, literacy and obedience issues in, in our country, but, it, but having the word of God you know, in our hands, printed or digital, having those copies in our home is a miracle. And it's a miracle of the way the Bible has been produced. So the, how is the Bible unique? Well, it's author, but, but, but first of all, the way it's been produced and, and, and I think you would agree with me when you look at the scope of this, the printed copies, the languages, it's amazing to see how the Bible has been produced. But, but here's the second reason. Why is the Bible unique? The Bible is unique because of the way it's been preserved. You know, the, the claims of the Bible are, are very exclusive. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. A very exclusive statement. Jesus says, narrow is the gate to righteousness. We we live in a world that that doesn't want to hear exclusive messages. And and, and the Bible has been attacked because of those exclusive messages about the one true God. 
And don't you know that different groups of people who don't adhere to that, who don't believe in the one true God, they would love to destroy this work and they've tried to. The Bible has survived so much throughout its lifespan, right? Persecution, attacks, uh, textual criticism, all, all kinds of things. And yet it survived through all the ages and proven to be trustworthy and true. That's the hand of the div divine preserving the scriptures themselves. Emperors and popes, kings, priests, princes, rulers have all tried their hand at attacking and bringing down the Bible. They're dead. And the Bible still lives, to put it bluntly. H.L. Hastings said it this way about the scriptures and their, their preservation, this, this unique aspect of the scriptures throughout the centuries. Infidels for 1,800 years have been refuting and trying to overthrow this book. And yet it stands today as solid as a rock. Its circulation, its production increases, and it's more loved and cherished today than ever before. People with all of their different assaults, they, they make about as much of an impression on this book as a man with a tack hammer would make on the pyramids of Egypt. Hastings continued writing, when the French monarch proposed the persecution of Christians and the word of God in his dominion, an old statement, statesman said to the monarch, uh, sire, the church of God is an anvil that has worn out many hammers. So the hammers of its attackers have been pecking away at this book for ages, but the hammers are all worn out and the anvil still endures. If this book had not been the book of God, men would have destroyed it ages ago. The way the Bible has been preserved just for us, what you're holding in your hands, whether it's a printed copy or a digital copy, the word of God is a miracle it's the hand of God preserving his truth for you. Remember, the Bible is a love letter. It's a love letter from God to you who desires to be in a lasting and loving relationship with each of you. The prophet Isaiah said it this way, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God endures forever. Isaiah 40 verse eight. The production of the Bible, the, the preservation of the Bible, but what else makes it unique? Well, how about the proclamations and the prophecies of the Bible? Now, now th this, this could be a whole series in and of itself, but the Bible obviously is full of truth proclamations and prophecies. So, so just, just for our sake today, for the time that we have together, what does God know? What does God know that we don't know? What does God know that we don't know? And hopefully all of you are saying, a lot. <laughs> yeah, God knows a lot. He's omniscient. He knows everything from start to finish. You know, we're on one float in the parade and we can see a little bit around us of what's going on. God sees the whole parade from start to finish. But specifically for our time today, and as we talk about why I trust the Bible and its uniqueness with its proclamations and its prophecies, God knows the past, what we can't see, what came before us. And God knows the future, what we can't see that's ahead of us. God knows the past and God knows the future. And the Bible is full of proclamations and prophecies about the past and the future. To put it a different way, our origin and the prophecies about our destiny. And the Bible is full of both. In fact, the word Genesis from the first book in the Bible, the, the title of the first book of the Bible comes from the, the Greek translation of, of the Hebrew Testament, which is known as the Septuagint. And the Greek word that they put on that was origin, 
Genesis, that's, that's where the, the word comes from. Our past, where we came from, and the Bible explains that to us. But it also talks about our future, what's going to happen. The Bible is full of prophecies, hundreds of prophecies. In fact, did you know that there are over 300 prophecies that is foretelling about the future, about Jesus himself? Prophecies in the Old Testament, the Hebrew text about the coming Messiah, Jesus himself, and his life and his ministry and what he would be like and where he would be born and the timing of that. The, all, all of these prophecies contained within the Hebrew text. In fact, again, over 300 prophecies just about Jesus himself. Go and read Daniel. Go and read Micah. Go and read Isaiah. Incredible the Bible tells us what's going to happen. And by the way, in a moment and a time in our history, for each of you where you are right now, many of you are small business owners. Many, many of you don't know what's going to happen with your work. Many of you, and rightly so, all of us are concerned about our family members, our well-being, our country, our world, what's going to happen. God knows. God knows. And, and, and by the way, family, when we flip to the end of the book, it's all going to be Okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to be with Jesus. God's going to, to bring new out of this brokenness, this diseased world. God's going to be glorified. God's going to come to our rescue and help us. We're going to be okay. The Bible assures us of our future as Christ's followers. And we can take heart with that today, right? God wins. God wins. The battle rages today. The world's not operating as God intended, to, intended it to. Ever since Genesis 3, we've had disease and brokenness, the, the brokenness of our choices, the, the brokenness of our world. But there is coming a day, the Bible assures us of that, when there will be no more tears, there will be mo no more viruses, there will be no more anxiety and worry, there will be no more pain and death. The Bible promises us that truth and speaks to us in that way. Listen to what Jesus said about himself. You know, the, uh, Jesus all throughout his ministry and his sermons quoted from the Bible. To, to put it plainly, Jesus believed the Bible. He believed this was the unique word of God to all people. And he quoted from the Bible himself. Listen to what, what Luke says in relation to Jesus talking about the Old Testament prophecies about himself. Luke records in Luke 24, 27, and beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he, Jesus, explained to them the things concerning himself throughout all the scriptures. In other words, Jesus used the scriptures, the Torah and all the prophecies, and he described to all the people how they related to himself. Jesus believed the Bible and used the Bible to affirm who he was, the very son of God, the Messiah, the rescuer for each of us. Moreover, what makes the Bible unique in its proclamations and its prophecies? Just for a moment, when you begin to read the Bible, and by the way, we have a Bible reading plan on our app. Many of you are reading along with us as we read from Genesis to Revelation to every word of the Bible together as a church family this year. When you read the Bible, you realize <laughs> the Bible's not sanitized. The, the, the Bible's not rated G. The Bible is a soap opera, not because of God, but because of us. If we can mess it up, we'll find a way to mess it up. We will. We'll, we'll, we're very creative about how we can do that, all kinds of different ways. And the Bible records all of that. The, the Bible puts it all in there. 
All of the protagonists in the Bible, all the heroes of the Bible, all the people of the Bible have all kinds of problems, just like we have problems. You know, we have one big rule here at New City. No perfect people allowed. Because none of us are perfect. We're all on a journey to become more like Jesus, and we have to be gracious with each other now more than ever, right? Even in your own households and with your friends and family members, we, we have to give grace to each other. The Bible is full of darkness and brokenness and drama, and also it's full of grace and love and mercy. Aren't you glad for that? One of the repeated phrases all throughout the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books of the Bible that makes it so unique, one of the re- repeated refrains is, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. In other words, the Bible didn't come from the imagination of man, as Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1. It came from the inspiration of the heart of God himself. It's a letter from God's heart to your heart, a loving God who desires to be in a loving and lasting relationship with each and every one of us. What makes the Bible unique? It's production, it's preservation, the way it's been preserved, it's, it's proclamations and it's prophecies, how it speaks to the past and the future and the present, but finally, and maybe most importantly, it's product. It's product. You say, Chris, what, what do you mean it's product? What the Bible produces in the hearts of men and women and children what it produces in us, the very heart of God, the very life of God in our heart, in our lives. As we put ourselves, remember, we don't put the Bible down here to Lord over it, and we don't put it on equal ground with us because it's the very words of God. We put it over us. And as we put ourselves under the authority of God's word, what it produces in our own hearts and lives what it begins to do in my heart, in my life, the wisdom that it gives to me for living, for making decisions, for learning how to be more like Jesus, for learning how to be a godly husband, a godly father, a a, a godly business owner, a a godly employee, a godly friend, a brother, whatever that might be for you, every single relationship, every single function of your life, beginning to be controlled and understood through the lens of the truth of God. Because the authority of the scripture comes from what? The author of the scriptures. God himself, his heart to our hearts. Have you ever been reading a passage of scripture, just, just studying the Bible or reading the Bible, or maybe you've seen a, a, a verse of the scripture up, up somewhere on your refrigerator, or you've written it down somewhere, or someone sent you a card with a, you know, a, a passage from the Bible in it. And when you read that passage of scripture, something began to, to move inside of you. Your stomach began to turn, your heart began to beat a little bit faster. And, and maybe you've, you've thought this before, Man, that word was just for me. I I feel like when I read that, I feel like when that person shared that passage with me, when when I read that verse of scripture, that it was just for me. And this situation I'm going through, this, this crisis that I'm experiencing, th- this thing we're going through together, right, family? That, that, that God's word is able to be applied specifically to our situations, our relationships, our context. Isn't that amazing? It's because it's not just words on a page. It's the message of God's heart to your heart. And the Holy Spirit himself is taking this word and applying it specifically into your heart into your marriage, into your situation right now. The word of God, the, writers, uh, the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 4, uh, 12, the word of God is living and it's active. It's alive. These aren't dead words on a page. It's alive. 
And God's able to rightly apply it just to your heart. It's incredible. The psalmist said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a, and a light unto my path, Psalm 119. What does that mean? It means in a dark world, in a lot of uncertainty where it's hard to see behind us and certainly hard to see ahead of us, that God's word, his truth is like a torch. It's like a flashlight. When I walk Doug at night, our dog, I always carry a flashlight, especially during snake season. I'm always pointing it out and telling the kids, put it in front of us so we can see what's in front of us. God's word is a lamp unto your feet. It's a light unto your path. And now more than ever, right guys? Now more than ever, God's word is a lamp in our dark world in our broken world, in our, our uncertain times, God is speaking to each and every one of us. What makes the Bible so unique? What makes it so unique? Well, the way it's been produced, like no other work, the way it's been preserved, like nothing else. It's, it's proclamations and it's prophecies, how it speaks about our past, our present, our future, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And also, and maybe most importantly, what makes the Bible unique? What it produces. You and me becoming more like God. Changed lives. God taking us and making us more like him through his eternal truth. Bottom line today, why trust the Bible? Why trust the Bible? It's uniqueness. It's uniqueness. It's God's message, his heart written just for you. To him alone be the glory today. Would you join me in prayer? God, now more than ever, now more than ever, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Bible. We thank you for your unique word that you are sharing in our unique stories and in this unique time. Your word is living and it's active. It's able to change us and to make us more like you, to make us wise for salvation in you, Jesus Christ. So would you indeed today, each and every one of us, right where we're gathered today, would you give us wisdom to know what you're speaking to us from your word? And would you give us the faith to take your word, not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word? Would you give us faith to, to go now and to obey? And we pray that in Christ's mighty name, amen, amen. Hey, we'd love to follow up with you from anything on the message today or if there's something we can pray for you about this week or some way that we can serve you as a church, we'd love to know about that. Would you email me and our team, pastor at newcity.us, pastor at newcity.us. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to journey with you this week. If you're able, would you extend your hands right where you are today? Would you extend your hands for this blessing as we go today, New City? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May he turn his face towards you. And may today and always, may he fill you with his truth and his love and his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, New City.